Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name's Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined, as always, by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What is up, fam? How y'all doing? Hello! Hello! Hey, everybody. It's good to see you. Another week. Uh, pretty pretty uneventful, I would say. Nothing really happened. Uh, all mm-hmm. that important, I think, is... This will be a pretty, pretty that was a good podcast. Yeah, pretty standard I podcast. I think we're good. I, Great. I'm really glad that we can make that joke so many times, and yeah. for some reason, <laughs> it always lands. Funny. It always <laughs> lands. That's that's why it's a dad joke, not just for the not just for the groaningness of it, but that it happens over and over and over again. That is why. Well, there there have been announcements made over and over. And over. <laughs> should we just like make an announcement that we're going to have a podcast and then come back later and record one? I think we should. Yeah, we'll t- you think getting us back again together will be. <laughs> I think so. Well, I think we need to we need to tease the announcement of the announcement and then announce the announcement and then we'll make the announcement then we'll do the podcast. Oh, I thought we were going to do the thing where we don't talk about the thing we're going to talk about until the next until the subject. Well, comes of course, up but we're going to announce that we're not going to talk about the thing that we were going to announce. <laughs> Uh, we were trying to stay away from the spicy takes, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'll make it quick jabs. Sharing our secret show notes. <laughs> we needed a whole 30 seconds, to be fair. Yeah, so. we, made, we made it that far, and we've already gone off the rails. And so <laughs> to try and get us back on the, the swing of things and the topics of discussion that we need to talk about, it starts off very simply. How was our week in magic? That's what I want to know. Eric, how was your week in magic? Uh, it was all right. Um, so since we're going to be talking about it later and I should talk about it now, there was this thing that came up. And uh, basically what that thing told me was that I was supposed to learn historic. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm learning historic. And I will admit my my day yesterday, because yesterday uh, when we're recording this was the day that they released the new historic anthology volume three. And I had never played historic before. So a lot of it was me going, I remember that they had Kaladesh block and Amakep block on Arena. And then somebody was like, those aren't legal. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, somebody would play a card that was from one of the old anthologies. And I'm like, how is that card legal? (laughs) 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 And it was just like, I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like someone like just like cast a Crypt Breaker. And I'm like, what? Or like Burning Tree Emissary. You know, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is interesting. So now that I have a full day under my belt or full two days, I, I think I know most of the cards that people play. Um, so that, that's like pretty sweet. One of the upsetting things is I think Luca's still a pretty big powerhouse so far from my, my <laughs> experience in, in historic. Um, but I, I have found a few lists. My goal today was to find a few lists that could take it down. And I think I found a sick... Uh, Grixis combo deck that that uh, works a lot like the old Kethis combo decks, and it's uh for me, I love combo decks, so it's a lot of fun, and I find it pretty interesting. I'm I'm gonna just take a second and just uh, because we have a lot of point counterpoint on this, uh, that's that's a lot of what our podcast is based off of. If someone says something, someone else has has something else to match that with. Uh, for those listeners that uh, just were were just kind of. Listening to us in the background, maybe you were doing dishes, maybe you were, uh, you know, driving on the interstate right now, and you heard a loud, a loud concussive sound. Um, we would, we would think that that would be, that some would interpret that to be a sneeze by the mighty Linguini Caroline Cavanaugh. I interpret it to be that Eric Caroline is just allergic to your crap. That's that's yeah. what I that's what I take it to mean. Maybe she's allergic to to Luca. That maybe might I just be like, what I, it is. That I think Luca and then it's just boom. <laughs> I haven't stopped laughing. <laughs> I tried. My mouse was on the mute button. I was so close. I'm looking forward to making sure that uh, that sneeze does not blow up the speakers of anyone that's driving their Honda Civic down on the interstate and all of a sudden just, just jerks it off the road because of the concussiveness of the sneeze. I'm so sorry. That you know, Caroline. I will say, and we are on episode thirty of Friends and Magic podcast. That sneeze was very historic, much like the format that Eric has been playing. So, Eric, any other final comments about the historic format and what you've noticed about it? I've noticed that the unfortunate thing of, of the format so far has been that the just like stats matter decks. So, your like previously, people said that the Gruel decks were really, really great. Um, those decks don't feel 
good enough in this format right now as as it is. And I don't know if they were great before because people didn't have you know quite tuned lists because there was like really not a huge reason to play it outside of just having fun, right? Um, and then like now that the people are getting more tuned because you know like a bunch of streamers have picked it up, a bunch of like the pros have picked it up. Um, if like those lists are just like beating out those gruel decks and the stats matter decks, and then like maybe there's like, going to be like a sweet aggro deck that just like has like you know the tools like humans with like kite sail freebooter, meddling mage, thalia, just like putting taxes on these like control decks or like these Luka decks or my combo deck or whatever. And like, maybe there isn't going to be a good aggro deck, but right now, if you're just playing creatures with power and toughness, you're probably just getting just stomped uh, for unfortunately in, in historic. Yeah. I will say that your experience of uh, historic at the early set, uh, the early go of it, when you didn't really know what cards were going on, where, when, and how it did get the feel of like a very funny vaudeville skit where you're just like, wait a minute, what is, what, what is it? Ulamog. No, no, nothing, nothing about this is right at all. Hold on a second. <laughs> I need to talk to somebody about this. You know yeah. what card you can play in Historic, Eric? Is it Teferi? <laughs> you can play both Teferis and Search for Escanta. I have a deck for you. It is called Luca. <laughs> and, and then they play the t- t- three drop Teferi, the five drop Teferi, a five drop Luca, a Yorion. Their deck's so big, they can play all of these cards. Now, it's great. At the very least, treat it, you know, uh, entreat me to this, Eric, having not been an historic for a while, but missing uh, playing some of the cards of, of the past of Magic Arena. How good can I, would I ever be able to play and annoy people with Nexus of Fate? Oh, yeah. You can definitely play some Nexus of Fate. Thank you. Um, yeah, that 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 deck I think uh, doesn't quite have a super solid shell right now, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's a if that's a deck that takes off. These these combo decks like you know like your Nexus of Fate, like the Kethys or like my my uh, Grixis combo list. I think as the as the aggro decks kind of push away and the slower decks kind of like take over the format. Outside of your Metally Mages and and Kite Sail Freebirders or Thalias, like I was talking about. Um, I could see your Nexus of H is crushing. Okay, I, I should have clarified. I said, do I have a reason? Not a good reason. I just need oh, a yeah. reason. Just, that's, that's Any it. reason? Yeah. You, you, it's legal. Perfect. You can play it. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what I would like to do. The other thing I'd like to talk about is to play a little word association game with Caroline Kavanaugh. Uh, <clears throat> Caroline, are you ready for this word association game? All right. Yes. And this will be, hopefully be your jumping off point. Looking at some of the show notes here, I'm going to give you a phrase of words. You have to tell me the exact opposite. Are you prepared? Oh, opposite? Okay, yeah. not what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm going to give you a phrase of words. You tell me the exact opposite of what I'm saying, okay? Okay. Your phrase of words is, loser, loser, steak, lunch. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. There you go. <laughs> but I didn't actually win, so it's sort of misleading. Yeah, it's okay. We don't... We're not all about actual, like, complete truths here. We're talking about just awesome things that happened, which did happen with you. Oh, I did some things. Yeah. On the weekend. This is still the segment, How's Our Weekend Magic? I know, right? We're still rolling here. It's only been four hours since we started recording. Um, So for those following along at home, actually, it was really funny to me because last week when we recorded, we didn't do the whole, like, coming up next week at magic thing. And I was really sad because I wanted to talk about the modern tournament that I was going to play on the weekend. And so I think I just threw it into my like wrap up notes or something. I don't know. I remember I was really sad that I didn't get to talk about my modern plans, but I played in a modern tournament on the previous weekend. It was the third event in the Lotus box series. um, That's been running for about a month now since COVID started. And it's a pretty cool event. It's uh, open to anyone that's a Patreon or a sub, which puts it about $5 a month to play in these tournaments. There's two a month, so about $2.50 a tournament, which is kind of insane. Um, and they've got some cool things. You actually can you know, play just a regular tournament. You get some um, real cash, actually, PayPal transferred cash <laughs> um, for top eighting. Uh, or you can accumulate some points on their leaderboard and their top 12 point earners after four events will get to go to a special invitational with even more monies on the line. Um, pretty cool. I think it's a really fun thing to do from home. Felt fairly competitive and pretty intense because they were eight to nine rounds of tournament. Um, so this was the third one. I've had points in standard and I had points in pioneer. And then in the modern one, I was like, oh, I, you know, I have a decent amount of points. I was in the top 12, but I need to you know, make something happen here because the next one is legacy. I don't think I'm going to make a lot of things happen in legacy. So I need, this was kind of, for me, a big moment. I was like, I, 
really need to solidify my spot on the leaderboard. Um, you know, if, if I want it to be a thing, if not, it's totally fine. So for about a week, uh, I was practicing modern. I have this really interesting thing where I like to focus on whatever format I'm playing on that weekend. So coming up. So um, I don't really do a lot of multi-format testing. Like I don't play modern one night and then standard the next night on the ladder. I'm just, so I'm just not really built that way. I'm, I'm pretty all in, like need to kind of repeat, 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 rinse, 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 get it, get it in my brain. So I played a lot of modern the week coming up to it. Um, and I started, I don't know. I used to play Tron a lot in modern and I think it's still technically a deck, but I, I was struggling to make anything happen with it. So I was playing this red, white prowess deck with Luros, of course. Um, it's sort of the same as the mono red version, but it doesn't play the arc like phoenixes, which I don't know if it, the mono red did one anyway. I don't know. Anyway, it played red white stuff, um, and it was really explosive. It was killing like you know turn three or turn four sometimes with just some crazy like play Luros, play Bobble, sack Bobble, play Bobble again, like just some crazy free spell stuff going on in modern. And I was having relatively good success. I had one of my first 5-0s in like a long time in Moto, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then on the Saturday, <clears throat> I played in the challenge just to practice again for the, the thing on Sunday. And I played against this deck, which was the same as my deck, but it was a black splash instead of a white splash for Luros. And the you know black usually gets you things like Thoughtseize and Inquisition and Fatal Push. Um, and that was, you know, something I, I had seen on Twitter. There's seen some rumblings. And it just destroyed me. It absolutely just destroyed me in the mirror. And so when I went to bed Saturday, I was, you know, a lot of people were talking about this red-white prowess deck. And I was like, well, if that's what people are bringing, I should bring this red-black deck. Like, I think it's very good in the mirror. And I think in general, it's still fine against the field. So I ended up finding a list that I liked. Um, I didn't like some of the sideboard cards that a lot of the stock decks had. So I cut all the Molten Reigns, the Molten Reigns, just because I felt like three mana in a burn deck is so brutal. You already have a thing to do on three every time. You already have Luros 100% of the time. And it just felt like if you... Turn three was not really a spot where I want to be playing Molten Rain. So I decided not to to have it. And so I was looking at some options and I you know, I had some cool things. I had Angrath Rampage in my sideboard, which sacks a creature. Have you ever played that against Bobbles? Got him. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. I played a card called Night's Whisperer. Uh, Whisper. Ooh, that's gas. That card. Um, gas. Two mana, drain two, draw two. Like basically read the bones, but for two mana. I just want to point out that um, I believe your buddy uh, said that they were a huge fan of Night's Whisper and would still never play it. Thoughts? It was my buddy. I think it was Raptor said that. It was like in the. It was like in some tweets. <laughs> I didn't see that he said he wouldn't play it. Anyway, yeah. I had that in, um, and I, I had a, a a 14 sideboard card, which you know we'll talk about later. Um, it went super well. <laughs> anyway, so I did. I so the tournament was supposed to be eight rounds. Uh, I won round one. At the end of round one, what happened was kind of weird. There was some site traffic issue with MTG melee and some residue from the like Red Bull tournament. Um, there was like. Redville tweeted like go look at this thing and then so the site kind of got a little overwhelmed and 20 people in our tournament it's about 200 people 20 people didn't receive a pairing but they didn't know anything was wrong so because it was round one so they didn't really know and so by the time they knew the mtg melee software was like oh didn't receive a pairing didn't check in didn't say anything drop and so drop 20 people from the tournament all before like anyone could even know what was happening. Oops. So what they had to do was they had to add those people back in and give them a round one buy, which is fine. But it, what it did was it accidentally like increased the tournament past the threshold for eight rounds and brought it to nine rounds. And so they had to, to add a round, which is normally fine. But eight to nine, by the way, it just ugh, eight rounds is already brutal enough on a Sunday, just chilling at your house. So nine rounds was really tough. Um, and so I, I ended up going eight and one. It was like a really long day. Um, and then I made the top eight and I lost in the semis, I want to say. 
I lost to Ad Nauseam, which was a deck, like, you know how I was, like, level one, like, oh, I want to beat red-white prowess? Well, Ad Nauseam player was like, well, I want to beat this red-black deck because it just poops on me. <laughs> they crushed me. Uh, they ended up winning the tournament, too. There was four red-black decks in the top eight, and they just stomped us all. The best um, time to play Ad Nauseam is when no one expects it, so. I just want, I mean, you, I just yeah. want you to write an article like I see on any of the Magic the Gathering premium sites where it's always like, everything I know about Bant control, I just want you to have, like, everything I know about getting pooped on by this deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was fun. I got 10 points out of the thing, so now I actually have 21 points total. Um, three from Standard, eight from Pioneer, and 10 from Modern. 21 points puts me in fourth place right now. Um, so, yeah, if I can change my three into a six, I should be able to... I think it'll be close, but it's theoretically possible that i top four and top four is much better than top 12 because you get a buy in their like weird invitational format which is going to be like would be crazy so anyway that's my summary it was pretty great modern was fine i didn't have any issues with modern um and then my next up is legacy so we'll get to that later yeah there's plenty to talk about on that front which we will definitely get to but before i get to that I need to t make a stop on this awesome train of magic content, and I'm going to pull over at the Sean Gallagher Mr. Toolshed realm, and I want to know how your week in magic was. At the Sean station? Yeah, the Sean station. <laughs> beep, beep, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, I think a train would be like, choo-choo. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm all right. I mean, <clears throat> I kind of have a certain disdain for the standard format right now. I mean, it's just not very fun to me, but, you know, potato, potato. Different strokes, different folks, all that. So it's not my thing. So I've been playing modern. Uh, found a couple of sweet blue-white counterbalance lists. You know, if you don't know what counterbalance is, it's a double blue enchantment. Um, if an opponent plays a spell, you can reveal the top card of your library. And if the converted mana costs match, you get to counter that spell. So my deck's a bunch of, like, one, two, and three drops. And in modern, most decks are ones and twos. So you get to counter... A reasonable amount of spells for free with this enchantment. So that's pretty cool. Obviously, that's the kind of magic I love to play. So that was a lot of fun. 4 1 with that. Um, if I had to play Modern anytime soon, I'll be playing that. And then for the weekend, I will be playing the standard tournament. So just researching the different flavors of Jeskai, Jeskai, Yorian, Luca Fires, Elspeth Conquers Death decks out there. So playing one of those tomorrow. And that's my week of magic. Nothing special. Well, that's special, though. You're special to us. That seems special to me. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. You're hey, Brasky. Yeah? I think something special happened to you. What? This week, it, right? It might have. It might have. What was it? Oh, uh, yeah. I was. I, I saw Caroline counting down from three. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I was confused. I, I didn't know either. Caroline, so, you're I was going to try and sing, and then none of you guys started singing, so I didn't want to start <laughs> I think it was because you were muted. You went like one, two, three, and then you made a motion with your mouth, but and you were like, muted. I don't know what's going on. a podcast is apparently like, very good content. Yeah, I think that's oh. that's what all of our listeners want to know about. I especially <laughs> I especially want to hear Conan Hawk's dulcet tones. I uh, I uh, just 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 what what's the word? Uh send me send me to the sky with amazing notes. That's that's what that would have been if you'd sang happy birthday to me. I, I sing on stream. People people hear it's me true. sing on stream. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was fantastic. I remember that one. That was a good one. Oh. Um but no, I um no, yeah, it was it was my birthday over over the weekend. I did celebrate. Uh, I did celebrate another, uh, I guess, rotation around the sun, as it was, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, the thing it also directly correlates to how my weekend magic was was because uh, I had a good amount of store credit with Card Kingdom, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna buy myself a little, a little present. I'm gonna get myself a little something, something. So I got myself a booster box of Ikoria, which also happens to be the first booster box I've ever actually bought. Which is very Aww. cool. Yeah. And I was like, and of course I did the responsible thing. I was like, I'm going to hold on to this. And uh, when we are able to not socially distance, I'm going to play some drafts with friends and maybe play some sealed. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then I opened up half of it uh, later on that weekend just because it was too much fun opening packs. So, you know, pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty standard on that front. Ah, so now you see why people buy booster bucks. Yes. Now it all becomes clear. Now I'm addicted to it. Um, Cardboard crack for real. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, but I did that. I also got a pre-release 
uh, and opened that up. And it, it, that was fun because what I did do is like I did crack a lot of packs, but I did I did crack them in, in as if I was doing a sealed. So I'd take six packs at a time and I would crack them open and I would try to build decks around them. And uh, it was really great seeing all the different ways I could make a cycling deck. Uh, that, was, that was the kind of general <laughs> thing that I found from doing all this. I kept looking and being like, oh, what if I did a mutate? Or what if I... Oh, cycling. All right, here we are. Cool, awesome. Yeah. This is just another... All right, cool. Um, did you start off with like your mutate and you're like, oh, we're only like eight cards short, but if I just put these cycling ones in here and then, and then I cut some of these <laughs> mutate cards and put in some foxes and then the zenith flip oh man this deck is sweet yep exactly <laughs> um but it was fun it was cool and at the course they have box toppers the uh the booster boxes have box toppers like the old master sets although much less in terms of like you crack it open it's like oh look i got a you know a, a 200 dollars uh liliana right here it's like okay it's a little bit different from that one um but i did open a pretty cool uh box topper because it was all all the box toppers are the godzilla uh kind of looking things so uh, I got a Godzilla uh, Nesroy Apex of Death uh, oh, okay. one, which is really, really cool, which in Godzilla terms was the, I'm going to mispronounce it, but it's like Biolant Plant Beast Form is what it looks like. <laughs> it looks nice. like it looks like a massive Eldrazi if it was made like a tree and had a molten like heart in the center of it. Nice. And it was cool as a box stopper because, you know, the foiling makes that like molten heart thing like really like glow and do crazy things and i was like oh that's really cool so that's that's what i did i i did what uh what a lot of folks you know do when it term when it comes to the cardboard crack and it was i enjoyed my birthday weekend i sat down had a nice beverage put on some music i was like i'm gonna make some like uh, i'm gonna open some packs and like test my sealed ability and kind of do all that kind of stuff and it was a lot of a lot of fun and i will say uh that uh the since i bought it from card kingdom uh, I went to college with somebody who now works at Card Kingdom, and when they saw my order, they like personally packed my box, which was really cool. And it was fun to like, uh, you know, they they, I texted them a photo of what I got, and they're like, "Yes, I may or may not have personally boxed that myself." So shout out to Rachel at Card Kingdom, and also for sending me a whole bunch of cider from Seattle from Schilling. I got a whole bunch of, uh, I guess it's, is it, do you call it brewing if it's a cider and not a beer? Like, is it, I don't, is it, I've, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, excuse me. We're, uh, we can't talk about that. That's for our other podcast. Oh, Fab. Uh, Fab. Yeah. Fab. <laughs> no. Uh, Fab. You're going Fab. Yeah. No, Fab. Well, friends this, and this one, I th- yeah, friends and alcohol. We'll call it Fab. I was going to say friends and hard signer, but that's still Fab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we would have just so many <laughs> So many of them. But what it was, was the last week? Didn't we have a, we had a, F-A something. We have friends. Well, we've done friends and Animal Crossing. We've done yeah. friends and other oh, something else. We did something that had like a cuh sound. Yeah. More more fantastic podcast content that we're coming up with right now. Yeah. yeah. Just absolutely fantastic. But I will say it was it was, it was was a lot of fun to open up some packs and see some cool cards. And uh, I haven't opened up all of them yet, so I haven't really kind of assessed the did I get my money's worth kind of thing that always people like to say about it. But the, it's really cool. I did say I get a lot of the, uh, the Trilands. The, the triomes that kind of thing I've opened like three of them but all three were the alternate art the alternate art ones like the comic book oh, looking that's ones. cool that's cool yeah like so that. that that's really neat I enjoyed that that was my that was my like that was the breadth of my magic the gathering over the past week uh, <laughs> but it was really fun just to sit down and open some packs and just enjoy it's been a while since we've gotten to do anything like a pre-release or a sit down kind of play the game and, and do that and so it was fun just to at least open some packs and engage with the game in a paper format in a tactile way like that, which I really, really enjoyed because, you know, as much as we get to play the game, we don't really get to enjoy the tactility of it, but we still want to play it. We still want to compete in it. And as such, there's, uh, there's been a lot of things, a lot of stuff happening uh, that will happen in the next week or so when it comes to the realm of competitive magic. Now, normally we play this section towards the end of the podcast where Caroline Cavanaugh lets us know where in the world is Caroline Cavanaugh. And then we usually have some sort of uh, type of music or sound or jingle that goes along with it somewhere in the range of and somewhere of that. Uh, but this time around, there's so much going on and there's been so many kind of shifts, changes, updates, and news that we're actually shifting that to right now. Get ready, folks. Strap in. I know we just, we threw a, we threw a curveball at you, but we're doing where in the world is Caroline Cavanaugh? We're going to talk about what's coming up in the week and weeks of magic uh, very, very soon, starting, Caroline, 
with, I believe, the CFB Pro Showdown, which at the time that this podcast comes out might have already been complete. Or maybe not. We'll Who see. Knows? Maybe I win it. We'll see. So um, we are doing this first for a reason, and we'll kind of get to that reason as we go. First things up is CFB Show, CFB Pro Showdown. Um, this is a tournament that only members of the like paid wall part of CFB can participate in. I believe their minimum paywall is like five bucks a month. So it's sort of similar to like a Patreon only tournament, you know, in the similar vein of things. Um, winner Winners get a, some store credit. But they have a pretty cool twist where uh, first place gets to play a CFB pro member uh, to double their, their store credit. You know, so it's a little bit of a, a fun uh, way to... Uh, advertise for your store basically uh, that is happening tomorrow again same thing you know you can if you're a CFB pro member or you want to be you can enter that tournament it's just run their same way that they are running all their other tournaments um, through discord and stuff um, we also have something called uh, I think I'll go in the same vein I'll, I'll just jump to the CFB PTQ things so CFB had some really cool last chance qualifiers and um, online grand prix and all that stuff that was going on for about a month of our lives and I overall liked them. They did kind of just stop. They just kind of hard cut it off. Didn't really talk a lot about what their plans were. Um, it's potential that there was reasons why they did that um, because their new program that they've announced is called the CFB PTQs. Uh, they're going to be run in a similar fashion in the sense that they are daily. And they're starting this Monday coming up. Uh, so they run at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. or 6 p.m. But they are Swiss events. And so it will vary on rounds based on how many people have entered the tournament uh, with, I believe, a maximum of seven rounds and a maximum of whatever the number of seven rounds people is. <laughs> um, and they are $10 to enter instead of 30 or sorry, instead of 25. Uh, and I think I, I had sort of seen that coming. I had seen a lot of the $10 Tuesdays that they had attempted to run in the old system just be so much more popular than their $25 pop events or $25 an event. Um, and so it was very clear to me that they wanted to, and they were striving to get to this $10 an event um, price point, just because it seemed easier for people to join. Uh, the very odd thing about this tournament is it is a cut to top 16. So instead of cut to top eight, which most Magic players are used to, it's cut to top 16. There's not really like a ton of differences other than an extra elimination round, but sort of weird, unclear why that is. Um, and I believe there's actually top 16 gets free CFB pro for X number of months. And then real money doesn't really happen until top eight at top eight, you get $10 store credit and CFB for whatever number of months. Uh, and then it goes from there. Uh, I think a max of like a couple hundred, 50 bucks. Okay. Yeah. So long story short is you are not playing these events for the store credit. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> these events, the winner gets a PT invite, uh, to uh, one of the things that we're going to announce in a little while, but <laughs> one of the uh, things that are coming up on arena. <laughs> um, and I think if that's what you want, if that's what you're playing for $10, you know, two, three times a day, that's a pretty cool thing. Mo you know, Moto has PTQs ha had, has, I don't know, PTQs that also, you know, work a similar system, but cost a lot more to enter and give a lot more out in prizes. So, if you are specifically trying to qualify for the pro tour and you want to play in an event that's on arena, that's fast in theory, um, this works for you. If you're playing this event to grind some store credit, um, I recommend trying to do something else. It's not, you know, eight, seven rounds plus cut to top 16 is really not a great evening, especially when it's starting at 6 PM at night. These are all in the Pacific time. Sorry. Um, so that's something interesting. But one thing I want to highlight is when I was registering for the CFB pro event, they had a new software website to register for, and I believe it actually isn't working. So they, they were going to run the event for CFP Pro, and they changed their mind. So I think that their plan is to make these PTQs run on that new system, um, which is interesting and sort of explains maybe why they never used MTG Melee. Um, so we don't have a lot of, we have no information about that other than it exists and I don't remember the name of it. Um, but once we see some of these events running and we, if they do use this new system, we could definitely, you know, give a rundown in another thing. Um, so that's coming up from Monday to whenever the PTs are. Um, and then the third, uh, 
I guess we'll go to this one. So this weekend is another tournament. Not much to talk about other than it's pretty cool and we're commentating it, Ooh. but it's hosted by the Mythic Society. It's the second iteration of Set Roulette. Um, they picked seven random sets uh, last weekend. People have been brewing decks, talking about it, um, exploring the format. And then on Sunday, we're going to cover from round three through to the top eight, um, all the different decks that people came up with. I will say a small little asterisk. Um, <laughs> the organizers may have not understood some of the master sets online, and they accidentally added um, this like moto-only set that actually has a ton of really broken cards, including Mana Drain and uh, Mind Twist and duels. Like this format just has five duels. <laughs> like you can just play some of the duels. So the decks are, if you watched last time with like the zombies and the like really bad reanimator deck and stuff, it's going to be a little different this weekend. So just keep that in mind. If that's your jam, go for it. There's some really spicy things that you can do for sure. But Skull Clamp is also legal. So keep in mind that things are a little bit more broken than the last time. And the cool thing about Set Roulette uh, that we're going to be doing on Sunday, which is going to be a fun, uh, it's going to be a fun cast. We're going to have a lot of the production team back. Uh, it's you know going to be one of uh, several more as we continue on doing more content here for Swigoy. But I know the sets, yeah, the sets that are going to be revealed, you were talking about that Master's Edition 3. That's the quote-unquote, the core set, which is interesting. But they also have Invasion and Legion and Dissension and Dark Steel. Uh, and I think Battle for Zendikar is the last one on that as well, which is uh, which is very interesting. Uh, but that, it, it, Sean, the, the thing that we learned with the set roulette is there are no bans. There's not a single ban. And as Caroline talked about, things like Mana Drain and Skull Clamp and some of the most broken cards in the history of the game uh, are now completely legal in a very limited, like, constructed format. Um, this this seems like some spiciness. And uh, it, how broken does something like this get when you have six sets with no bans? I mean, it depends on how much time people have to build their decks, right? So we said that, when did the deck lists, or when did the sets get released on? They got released the week before. Okay, so they got released last week. So it's a pretty reasonable amount of time for people to build decks. I mean, we saw, we have a couple people from Swagoi playing in it, and I've seen some pretty awesome decks already. I mean, there's a sweet combo deck, there's a control deck, there's like a Kobolds of Carol Keep deck. Like, there's a lot of cool things you could do. I mean, Skull Clamp and Mana Drain, like you said, are like some of the most broken magic cards of all time. So, I mean, there's going to be some silly things, but also just like, I, I, I find it hilarious how like you have the, you know, Skull Clamps, the Mana Drains, the Duels, and then you have Battle for Zendikar, which is just like, in my memory, was not a very fun standard set, and the power level was kind of low. Where like the hits from Battle for Zendikar, correct me if I'm wrong, are Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger, Gideon Ally of Zendikar, and that's all I can remember. I can't think of another card from that set. I really enjoy that you started a sentence with the power level was really low, and then the first card you named from that format is an insanely powerful card. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Ulamog was freaking broken. Well, he was broken at Cedar, but in like in what comparison to Skull Clamp, right? No, I guess it wasn't bad. Yeah, I don't see I don't see uh, Ulamog going through testing and making a last minute change before it goes to the printers and, and end up being Ulamog, whereas Skull Clamp was just kind of one of those cards that was like, oh yeah, we'll put this. Uh, what do we do with this? Uh, I I don't know. Make it minus one, minus one, uh, and then it gets sent off. And oh crap, we made one of the most broken cards in history. Um, that that I don't see uh, having the same p compare comparativeness on that, but. With those sets together, uh, with what the Mythic Society is doing, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And for those not doing the set roulette, uh, for those that are more arena-inclined, like uh, a lot of us are, there was an announcement from Wizards of the Coast, Wizards of the Coast that there will be the Arena Open, which was uh, recently announced in their latest... Uh, they kind of announced it in their state of the game that they were going to say, we're going to make new competitive experiences. And lo and behold, here comes a competitive event in arena where you can make actual cash some cash money some dollar dollar bills y'all some skrilla some whatever else that you would like to call it uh it's it's interesting because you know in present times with uh things that happening with the covid pandemic they were they wanted to make more competitive experiences and they kind of fast-tracked this one because they wanted people to have ease of access and convenience and a chance to play with uh you know a high skill and high reward is what they said uh, on top of it so it's a two-day event 
And in that two-day event, I think registration is like 4,000 gems or 20,000 gold. Or I looked at that, and the uh, koi person behind me said, oh, so uh, just one month of brawl. Uh, is what you need for it. Like that was that's basically what I. <laughs> uh, but that amount of gems or gold gets you into. That joke is not funny considering that they've had brawl free for like three months. Now. I know, it's out of date. It's well, out of date. actually, well, excuse me. But if you pay the the fee, you get into day one of this two day arena uh, competitive event. Day one is interesting because it's best of one. It's best of one standard constructed. Uh, as opposed to what most people would expect, which is best of three. So you play best of one, and you play until you get seven wins or three losses, whichever comes first. And then if you get seven wins, you qualify for day two. The interesting thing is that you can buy in, you can rebuy, you can buy in as many times as you want to to get to that seventh win and get you to day two. The prizes for that first day aren't like no cash on that one, but you do get, you know, some gems. You get like, if you get seven wins, it's like 2,000 gems or you know, you get some amount of gems as long as you get at least like three wins with it, uh, which even then, you know, winning seven, seven uh, games and getting 2000 gems for 4000 gems is like, great, I got half my money back, but at least I made day two. Day two goes back to something a little bit more familiar. It's best of three constructed. But when you're in best of two, uh, you'll play until you get seven wins or two losses, whichever comes first. But unlike day one, you don't get to rebuy. You only have one opportunity on day two. You hopefully get as many wins as you can. And depending on how many wins you get, you get either an amount of gems or you get cash. So if you get six wins, you get $1,000. If you get seven wins, you get two grand. Anything before that, you get like 20,000, 10,000, 6,000 gems all the way down through there. Um, that's the interesting thing about it. It's a two-day competitive event where you have the opportunity to win $2,000. And from the looks of it, Eric, uh, it seems like this is kind of the test event for maybe something that might be something more consistent, something that happens with perhaps a lot of frequency in terms of ways to actually make a little bit of cash in a hyper-competitive environment around the Magic client, Magic Arena client, I should say. Yeah, I mean, like, this is something that is, it is it is pretty exciting. Um, it does make it kind of interesting, the fact that like it's best of one in day one, um, but it like, and then it's best of three in day two, which is kind of weird. Um, but I think one of the the really cool things that I, I, I wasn't really... Uh, I guess knowledge or, or I guess like I not knowledgeable of I don't know if that's like a, a phrase that you can use but aware <laughs> aware of there we go I wasn't aware of um, is uh, I think it was Brad Nelson that was put, put it on or that that said it on Twitter that said like the majority of players that play on arena play at best of one right so this is like a reach to them where it's like, hey, we have an event for you. If you are a master of best of one, you only play best of one. You can make this thing. Um, it's weird that they switch it to best of three afterwards after that, but um, I guess that's like more of like the tournament style magic. So maybe it's like reaching out to them. Uh, that's like what, kind of what I what I, I thought was kind of interesting. It's like maybe it's to try to reach out to the best of one players and then bring them in to more competitive magic um, or like, you know, quote competitive magic or like the paper style magic. And then, um, and then you know, allowing them to come uh to the to today too and maybe you know uh, it, it would make make some people that are wary of maybe tournament magic um like to you know like open up to it it's interesting that you know caroline's going through a competitive event where you're playing modern and then legacy and then all this kind of stuff where it's almost i mean it's both of them are still standard but best of one and best of three uh, are very different metas uh, you know, there there are certainly going to be a lot of similarities in terms of what's tier one and what's not. Obviously, I mean, no matter what you're doing, you can play Jeskai Fires and probably do do just dandy with whatever it is that you want to do. But aggressive decks do uh, play a little bit better in best of one. And so you have things like Rakdos Sacrifice, Jun Sacrifice. The cycling deck is a lot better in best of one than it is in best of three. Um, but it it is interesting that... You have this event for best of one players, maybe some players that this is their first iteration of how they play Magic, and that's all they play, and they're quite good at it. And all of a sudden, they're thrown into best of three and have to learn how to play that. On the con on the you know converse side, you have a lot of best of three players all of a sudden playing best of one for a while and perhaps just going, oh my god, look at all of the aggro that's going all over the place. What do I do with this? Um, do you find that, do you wish it was consistent in the format from day one to day two? Or is it interesting that you have to be good at both formats in order to really succeed? Um, I guess like I'm like I'm I'm fine with it being like switching. Um, I I would worry more for the people that only play best of one um, that going into day two 
Um, the, one of the reasons is, is that sideboarding is a, is a very, very tough skill to learn. Um, one of the things that you always get asked as a, as like a tournament magic player, if you made a deck or you like champion a deck or like, you know, you have a lot of knowledge on a deck is like, people are like, what's a sideboard guide? Do you have a sideboard guide? Is there like matchup, like a matchup guide, you know, all that stuff. It's like, you don't need that investive one because you never go to the sideboard, right? So you just like need to know, Hey, what hands am I keeping? What, how am I playing this matchup? Right? Like the, the, now you're adding like a whole new step to the game. And I, I think that's going to be the, the biggest challenge for anyone that plays best of one. Cause they just like it without a guide or without like have playing these matchups and some of that, it's just going to be really, really hard for them to play the, the, the second and third games. Sean, I get the feeling that what Eric's talking about is that anyone who's playing best of one that first day just needs to have fay of wishes in their deck and wish for a lot of things. So they get the taste of a sideboard, right? Is that, is that what we're talking about here? Uh, yeah, I bet that's what it is. Or maybe it's something along the lines of um, sideboarding is an incredibly hard skill. It takes a lot of practice, and certain decks uh, perform well with a sideboard. I mean, like, for example, you know, control decks usually perform well when they have a sideboard that they have access to, where mono red sideboard is not nearly as deep as what a blue white control sideboard or like a band control sideboard is. So, certain decks are a lot stronger in best of one, where a sideboard doesn't really affect their game plan as much, where Blue White Control, you know, from personal experience, has a big game plan change where they're, you know, the control deck game one, and then sometimes they sideboard in, you know, six or eight creatures, and then they're a totally different deck where mono red decks just never really do that. So um, certain decks will have a definitely big advantage in best of one. Caroline, what's your thoughts on the arena open? Just kind of seeing how you have this cool format between best of one and best of three. You have something that kind of stood out to me, which I'm, I'm, not exactly certain how I feel about it, but the ability to rebuy over and over and over again uh, until you hit seven wins or run out of gems or, uh, you know, play yourself out of house and home if you wanted to. Uh, it's it's There's a lot of interesting things about how they're running this event. Um, what's your initial impressions about it? And is there anything that you look and see? It's like, mm, I wonder if next time this might be the way to go. Uh, yeah, Um I will say, in general, I'm not a huge fan of rebuy uh, style events. I played one Grand Prix that used that structure. Um, I went into the Grand Prix saying, I'm only going to play this thing once. It was sort of a very similar thing. You had to go six and one or better on your day one sealed pool uh, for Grand Prix London. And then if you did that, then you got to play in day two. And so I said to myself, I was like, you know, it was 100 bucks a pop kind of thing. It was like a big deal. And I was like, I'm going to play once. And that's it. And that's my day one. I, I didn't make it. That's fine. And luckily I did go six and one because I believe I was full of <laughs> full of garbage and obviously was going to play again. Like I'm a magic player. I'm just going to do it. I did it in Seattle as well. Um, in general, it's just not my favorite thing to be given opportunities to keep playing. I think it's this is a little different because technically it's like not real money, but it is money. Like, you know, it does correlate to 25 bucks a pop or so so i don't know i'm not not a giant fan i will try and do my best to like play just one or whatever but we'll see um i actually think i really like that it's best of one and then best of three i think it's um it's sort of like sealed and draft uh in a grand prix sealed on day one draft on day two it's just testing two different skill sets and this is forcing a little bit of skill to show amongst like a little bit of a luck based format like best of one is you know there are definitely some lucky things that can happen um in that format and i think you know switching to uh best of three on day two is is sort of like switching to draft after sealed because sealed is the same thing right like you you're sort of forced to open up your six packs you could definitely get a dream trawler um you know, style pool or not, and you have to kind of work hard to get to day two. And then in day two, you're testing a different skill set. And I really like that. So they're, you know, obviously on very different <laughs> axes here, but I think it's really interesting that it's testing two different things. Um, it's a little weird that you don't get your money back just for making day two. It makes sense. Like, I understand why. Like, you can, you know, making actually $1,000 playing Week of Magic is kind of insane. But a lot of the arena events have been structured to if you do like very well, you'll get your money back. And so it's weird that this is a huge deviation from that. And I'm worried that non-competitive, like 
the people I interact with about magic are like the 0.01% of magic players. And they're all the, we're all the competitive ones. The, the people that aren't like that are just playing arena to have fun. And they might accidentally join this event and then realize like, wow, I went seven and one and didn't get my 4,000 gems back. What? Hello, where's my money? <laughs> like that, they have to be really careful that this is, um, really well advertise and inform the people that like hey you know you're not really playing for your gems you're playing for cash and that's like pretty new so speaking from experience on that side of things being that fun casual likes to compete but casual player uh i look at this event and uh i get to bleep myself but i look at this event and i say that i i I ain't doing it (laughs) yeah it's probably not for you and that's fine like i think it's one thing that's super nice is Every event that's been on Arena has been for you. Like, Historic Artisan that's running tonight is for you. It's for someone that wants to go and say, I don't have any rares, let's see what I can build. Um, the, the random formats that give you these cool styles and stuff, they're not for the competitive players. A lot of competitive players are so mad that they have styles in their deck because it gives away their edge, blah, 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 whatever. I love my styles. Um and so this is the first time in a long time, other than the, the M- MIQ weekends, this is the first time that they've had an open event that is for the competitive player. And I will say that that is a very cool sign of maybe what's to come in the future. That would be. And there certainly is a lot of things to come in the competitive format. Uh, there's a lot of things to happen in organized play. Uh, and there's been a lot of changes over the past week in terms of organized play, in terms of bans and restrictions in terms of how some of these competitive events are going to happen in terms of the amount of prize pool that's going to go along with it. And a lot of that has created uh, a lot of opinions, a lot of ripples in the competitive community. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Arena Open uh, maybe is a signal of things to come. Because as we've seen, uh, a lot of in-person events are on hold for obvious reasons. And as we've seen, uh, a lot of organized play is taking a shift as well to online events is taking a shift in terms of a lot of things in terms of how those events are running, how many players can participate, what those prize pools look like. There's been a lot of conversation about the state of organized play and what's going to happen over the next several months. And, you know, we don't need to get into uh, the whole into the weeds about it this week. And if anyone really wants to, they can just, I don't know, open Twitter and kind of see what everyone's opinions on it are on. And I'm sure we're going to keep our eye on things, see how things go. And certainly I don't think we'll have any shortage of opinions uh, on terms of, you know, the world of Magic the Gathering, which is why we do this podcast in the first place. But we also do this podcast to learn from our mistakes and to learn how we're going to get better. And we do that by sharing how we screwed up, which is, uh, you know, when we punt the game away, which brings us to the the punt of the week, which this time is brought to us by Caroline Cavanaugh, who mentioned 14 of her 15 sideboard cards, but there was one card in specific that she left out. And Caroline, what, what happened there? Well, I think I kind of wanted to read it as I wrote, because it's pretty funny. Um, so, flashback, if you will, to Sunday morning. That's a different mechanic. Ha <laughs> uh, Bright and early on Sunday morning, um, I was submitting my, I was registering my deck for this modern tournament. I was re- registering a Luros uh, Black Red deck. Um, and last second, you know, coming up with some sideboard, I talked a little bit how I caught some Molten Rains from the sideboard, just trying to brew up some cool ideas and a voice from behind me, um, a sleepy, groggy, definitely not awake at 9am in the morning voice said something like, you should play Blood Moon. It's super sweet and really good in the meta. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And then boom, I submitted my deck list. Um, all was well, went and made some breakfast. I had about an hour to the tournament, having a great time. Round one comes up and I'm playing against Scapeshift. And I'm like, wow, I'm so smart. Look at me and my blood moon. Get to sideboarding after winning game one. Get to sideboarding. Throw that blood moon in my deck and the world freezes. Moto is yelling at me. With this little black danger box around my Luros. Your deck is no longer valid for Luris to be your companion. And I was like, what did I do? What happened? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Turns out, while Blood Moon feels like a spell, um, it's not. It's a permanent. And Luros says you can't have permanents that are three CMC or greater in your deck, which is what Blood Moon is. Um, so that's awkward. It's round <laughs> one. I've discovered I've put a card in my sideboard that I will pretty 
for sure never bring in my deck. So that's fine. Whatever. Mistakes have been made in the past. It is what it is. So I keep playing the tournament. I, you know, do quite well, as we know. And into the last round, I'm X and 1. Uh, my tiebreakers are poop. I have to win this round. I'm playing against Amulet. And I beat Amulet a few rounds before, so I was feeling okay about the matchup. Um, and during sideboarding, we were talking. I was talking. I was like, you know, this Blood Moon would be really good against Amulet. But, oh, well, what can you do? And just to note, the reason, like, having one is really bad. Because if you have two or three or four, you could justify not having your Luros to have access to, like, a guaranteed Blood Moon in your hand, basically. Uh, but one for, like, one for one switch is just not going to work. It's just not worth the risk, or not worth the, like, downfall of not having Luros. Um, so I didn't bring it in. So then, in game two, I Inquisition of Kozilek, my amulet opponent, and their hand, in for my happiness, their hand was bad. And one of the reasons it was bad was because it had a creature in their hand. It was three mana, two and a green, two one, creature called Reclamation Sage which says when this card enters the battlefield destroy target enchantment or artifact uh, for those following along at home I don't have any like blow up artifacts I have Mishra's Bobble but you, you ain't blowing that one up so don't worry about it <laughs> um, and I don't have any enchantments in my deck because I was never bringing in that Blood Moon <laughs> and so I super got him I tricked him I did it I'm amazing. I'm the best. Obviously, you put a, a Blood Moon in your sideboard to trick everybody, including yourself. That's the best. <clears throat> that's the best N plus one I've I've heard in a while. <laughs> is I'm gonna add cards to my sideboard to make my opponent misplay and add bad cards to their deck. Yeah, I got so many smart points for that. I was, I was over the moon. Uh, no, I felt really silly and it was very funny. I was actually sort of bummed, like a small tangent, because I felt like my sideboard. The build on my sideboard was actually pretty reasonable, but I lost a lot of street cred having the Blood Moon. And so most people didn't test my list after, and I was kind of sad. Because I think the the Molten Rains are bad. That would um, that would have been the best way to go, is actually do well with the list, post it, have people play it, and going, oh, what the hell? I can't use... Who put this Who put this Blood Moon in there? What the hell's going... Oh, damn it. And no, that's, no that's people happens. figured it out a lot faster than I did. Uh, one time, Sam did register a standard tournament with Luros and had four Leyline of the Voids in the sideboard, which, again, same thing. <laughs> did you? Uh, did, I, I posted a tweet from uh, at Vendillion, which is Yuta Takahashi, and uh, it was a very on-brand tweet, and they did something similar. Uh, oh but it wasn't, it wasn't a companion uh, <laughs> mistake. They, uh, they made a token, and then they played a Luka, and they, they sacrificed their token, and... Hmm. Ended up hitting Brazen Borrower. <laughs> 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 it was, and I, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, so I think I think maybe these companions and all these things are just kind of messing people up, you know? It's I love it. Crazy, crazy times, crazy times. Sometimes people are just getting messed up by uh, all these mechanics, all the things that are going on, all the stuff they're trying to navigate. And I know we're all going to be navigating different things over the course of the next week as we try to get better at the game of Magic, and of course. Uh, you know, we're wrapping things up with this podcast, and we thank everyone for listening into us. So that's what I want to do. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it up together. I want to know what it is you're doing to get better at Magic: The Gathering this week, and where folks can find you on the internet, Mister Toolshed. Let's start with you. Let's be. Of course, I oh. called on you right as you were in mid yawn. Let's start with you, Mister Toolshed. Well, well, we've been all about the. Like, Mouth sounds. <laughs> mouth sounds. <laughs> mouth sounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sean, in some amount of mouth sounds, please tell me what are you are doing to get better at the game of magic this week and where we can find you on the internet. Um, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Mr. Toolshot. I will be streaming a standard cash tournament tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm getting better by playing the best deck in standard pioneer and every other magic format of all time like apparently according to eric hawkins himself i'll be playing just guy luca yorian elspeth conquers death shatter the sky fires um so i'm playing that tomorrow just playing pretty stockless nothing special um but gotta get some reps in with that deck who knows how long that's gonna be the best deck so you'll play that tomorrow hopefully you win some money hey so the deck might not be anything special but you are oh thanks buddy <laughs> you're welcome that's some wholesome content for you 
<laughs> that was very wholesome. Caroline, Caroline, what are you going to be doing to get better at the game and where can folks find you while you're getting better at it? So you can find me on Twitter at the mighty, nope, at mighty linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the mighty linguini and on Twitch dot tv slash the mighty linguini um my goals for this week i do have um a standard tournament tomorrow the cfe pro thing that i'm going to play um i'm going to commentate the lotus box not Lotus box um the mythic society set roulette there we go got there um and then honestly my week this week and next week it's been a lot of legacy uh turns out that's a thing it's a format i heard um i have one on turn one more times in my like in this week than I think anyone has ever won possible. I don't know. My deck is hilariously fun on turn one, unless you have force of will, and then I auto concede. Um, Are you belting? Is that what's going on? No, I'm playing black red reanimator. Oh, okay. But like uh, black source into lotus or into um, lotus petal. Not lotus petal. Uh, dark ritual. Uh, dark ritual into entomb and a reanimate spell is just. You don't actually win on turn one, but like people can see it often on turn one. So Siren Sandy wins the game a lot on turn one. <laughs> yeah. Modern or Legacy is just a wild place. If anyone like, I was so intimidated for so long, but honestly, it's wild. It's so, it's so much fun. You just yeah. you don't crack your fetch lands. Like, you take seven years looking at the three cards you drew off brainstorm. Like, it's just it's that wild. is a card, by the way, that like very very few people cast correctly. I, I working at a game store for a very long time, I would like wander the I'd wander the halls of uh of the of the legacy players and I'd like see someone cast a brainstorm and I'm just like, oh, just so much wasted potential with that brainstorm. <laughs> it's a lot of interesting cool cards in that format. I yeah. kinda miss it. Heck yeah. And uh Caroline, we folks can find you at all the Muddy Linguini places, of course, as you play those things, correct? Yeah, which is something I definitely said before I talked about the legacy. Gotcha. I thought you only mentioned one and not the oh, other. Oh, snap. Dang. Braska no, got I that wrong. I said in all. You got Oh, wait. All. I talk about Wednesdays and always have magic guests, but always play magic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Hey. Oh, wait. I'm doing something cool. Caroline. Wait. Can I say the thing cool thing I'm doing? No, I have, I have something to tell you. Okay. Blood Moon. <laughs> Great idea. I'll throw that in my legacy deck. Great. Fantastic. Um, Good. No, I, I'm doing this thing with Gabby Sparks' Discord. They're doing a yoga challenge. Uh, if you're super interested, I think she's tweeted about it and it's chilling in her Discord. We're doing a 30-day yoga challenge. It starts tomorrow. So it's not magic-related, but it's kind of cool. Oh, fabulous. I like that. I like that. Eric, Conan, what are you going to be up to to get better at Magic the Gathering this week? And where can people find you while you're getting better? Uh, so you can find me at Conan Hawk on Twitter uh, or, or on Instagram at Conan Hawk. And then Monday through Friday, I stream on twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. Uh, the thing that I'll be doing next week is uh, just playing a lot of historic, you know, maybe somebody will throw me a curveball and uh, re register a card that I don't know that that still exists in historic. Who knows? Um, but yeah, just trying to find, just trying to find my footing uh, in that, in that format. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be very exciting um and kind of uh kind of in the same uh vein as as caroline was saying the the 30-day yoga challenge uh if you do jump on my stream uh this the chat has been enjoying making me do a lot of push-ups and sit-ups so you can uh you can use all of your your cat coins there to to make to water or to force me to work out which would be awesome and i'd appreciate it fantastic i'm gonna make sure i gather uh, all the currency that i have to make sure that you are just miserable in your fitness journey that would be that would be fantastic so that when i get when i finally get to go back to a gym and play some basketball it won't be just me running up and down the court like once and then dying that would be that would be great if i could actually play in it like you know at least five ten minutes maybe yeah you know that's really that's how i play basketball which is a lot of how i play magic the gathering it's like great i'm gonna do this all out for two turns and i'm dead great i'm gonna see you guys <laughs> later all right that was fun because that's what I'm gonna do to get better at Magic the Gathering this week. Is I'm gonna I'm gonna finish my booster box. I'm gonna finish building sealed decks and just enjoying cracking some packs is what I'm gonna do. I'm also gonna play. I'm gonna continue on my uh, love affair with uh, Bant Control is another thing that I'm gonna do. And you know what? Gosh darn it, maybe I'll stream this week if I do that. Maybe I'll do that. And maybe who knows if I stream and 
folks are around and they want to jump in and stream with me, we can do that too. Who will we'll see what happens. I'll definitely be there. I'll be stuck at home every day after Tuesday for three months. So Heck yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be some fun times. Perhaps we can do perhaps we can do a Brasky stream. And folks can find that if they follow me on Twitter at Twitch at Brasky eleven. 42. And of course, they can find out anything that they want to about this podcast and about the Swagoy team in general by visiting swagoy.com, S-W-A-G-O-I.com. They can also follow us at Swagoy Gaming if they want updates on anything that's happening between both our Magic the Gathering and our Hearthstone teams and anything else gaming related. And we thank you all so very much for tuning in this week. Please subscribe, leave us a review, leave us any amounts of comments you would like, tweet at us, do whatever you feel like in order to get a hold of us because we certainly love hearing hearing from you. But that's going to do it from us and we're going to see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.